Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thank you for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Dr. Beverly Wright. Tag Data Talk covers topics on the current state and future outlook of analytics and data science using an interview format with professionals and academics to discuss use cases, future trends, talent and skills, organizational structures, tool advancements, and other topics related to data science. Thanks for listening. Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thanks for joining us for Tag Data Talk. With us today, we have Dr. Colin Coleman, Senior Vice President of Data and Analytics Strategy and Model Risk Management at Equifax. And we're talking about the last mile of analytics, successful consumption of analytics results. Thanks for joining us, Colin. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, let's start off with something fairly simple, an introduction. Tell us why you're so cool. Oh, boy. Um... I think the running joke is always, I am the rocket scientist. That was my first career. Not a lot of people know I spent nine years at NASA. Um, I don't know. Does that qualify me as being cool? I mean, it's better than I got. <laughs> Utility companies are cool, aren't they? Very but, cool. Yeah, NASA's pretty cool. Great. Uh, tell us about your background and your current role. Um, sure. So all my degrees are in aerospace engineering and uh, spent, like I said, the first nine years out at NASA Ames in the Bay Area. So my background was all computational, flight testing, uh, so lots of data in that arena, and then shifted into uh, startups. So I've been through B2B, supply chain. I worked at uh, Checkfree doing uh, uh, financial services. Turner was there for 10 years, and so I had a bunch of roles uh, winding up really with the digital analytics program across all the brands. And then I've been in Equifax for four years. Fantastic. And you have a really long title there. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've shifted. Uh, so now my new title is really around our strategy for data and analytics as a center of excellence and also around the model risk management. So really seeing every model and attribute that we produce that goes out the door and working with the team of data scientists on that. Fantastic. Well, when we talk about the the last mile of analytics, let's review. What do you see as the life cycle? Like, what are you considering this little chunk of the last mile? Yeah, so that's, um, you know, I think that was actually a term coined. Well, first of all, that came from, like, the cable industry, but uh, McKinsey did a paper on that last year around the last mile of analytics, which was really around how do analytic teams work with, really, the customer. You might have done this great piece of analytic work, but if you can't really work with the business, if you can't really communicate that, if you can't really have empathy for your business problem and get it across that last bit, then all that work you just did was really for nothing. Mm-hmm. So when we say the customer, um, who are we talking about typically? Yeah, so really, you know, if you <laughs> if you go back and look at Six Sigma, any process has a customer. It doesn't necessarily mean it's your outside person or business paying for it. I mean, it can be that a lot of times. It can be also internal teams you're working with. But really, anytime you have an analytics team involved in that process, it's really just the basics of business. You really have to understand how are you solving for that problem, but also do you really have true empathy for the, the people you're solving that for? Do you understand their problems? And then how do you understand how to convey that? We talked a lot about, um, everybody talks about the left and right-minded brain of the analyst, the ability to tell a story. That's not the new part. I think for me, it really is having, I, I keep coming back to empathy. Do you really understand what that person's trying to solve? And then can you articulate it in their language 
don't start throwing analytical technical terms around because they're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. I got you. Well, the terms that I keep hearing uh, from you, I've actually already heard them three times in a row, are understanding. So you're talking about like a deep knowledge of what's going on in the business. So let's unpack that in just a hot second. Um, second, you mentioned the term empathy mm-hmm. a couple of times. And so I really want to understand what you mean by what you mean by that. And then third, um, you use terms like communicate and um, tell a story and articulate. So those were the three kind of themes that sort of, I think you're saying are the driving factors for having a more successful uh, final mile. Does that seem right? Are there other factors? <clears throat> no, I, I think that is that is uh, pretty representative. I think we've always said that analytic teams have to really understand the business problem. I think for me, it, it goes beyond that. It's if you understand a day in the life of the person or the group you're trying to solve for, you understand the problems they have, that is really almost like the empathy. Um, and so that helps, that comes from either building the relationships with them, but really understanding what they're trying to solve for. That also frames the the business solution. You don't want to propose something that you know is not going to fit with what they're capable of implementing. It's too expensive. It's too complicated. Sure. Sometimes the best solution is the, from an analytical standpoint, sometimes to some teams, it's almost insulting how simple it is. Yeah. But for your customer, it is exactly what they need at that time. So um, understanding and I think the empathy sort of go hand in hand. Ah, gotcha. Is, the, is empathy a deeper version of understanding or how would you say those are complementary of each other? Yeah, I think... Empathy has a, almost a little emotion attached to it. Understanding is almost clinical. Ah, oh, gotcha. In that you can just come in and read a white paper on something and you might understand a situation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if you're not really in the weeds of that job day to day, then you don't really have that emotional connection to okay. what is going on. So the understanding is more cognitive. That's in the brain. That's like knowing. And the empathy side is more affective. That's the emotion. That's the heart. So to I speak. think so, and it, and I think it also gets into like then how we talk a lot about the what and the how. Yeah. The what in terms of the technical skills and the how being how you work with people, the relationships that you need to build. It's it's pretty much the foundation of anything. Yeah. Building the relationships to form that ground of trust, but then really understanding where they're coming from, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because then it frames how you want to communicate that solution back to them. Yeah. So as we're unpacking these first two, um, these are a lot of squishy words yep. that data scientists typically don't like. That's right. How do we how do we get these? How do we gain the understanding? How do we value and empathize with our business uh, constituents and customers? Yeah. So I would say, and again, this is, I think, why it's called the last mile, because analytic teams are not too far from a technical team from a software development perspective. So in terms of the sort of the mindset, the uh, perhaps have grown up really focusing on the book smarts uh, and then to be faced with all of this, which is now in the the squishy, as you said, more qualitative way of, of behaving with somebody, it takes a while to really help them understand that uh, even though you might have been the A-plus student and you've done a really kick-ass model, if you can't understand that, person and where they're coming from, that's really all for nothing. Yeah. So I, I think we have that discussion with people from a management perspective as they get higher up the chain, but I think it starts younger. I think it really starts with the analysts. And people really get that if we, you know, so for instance, one of the things we're working on as a company is embedding our analysts with our customers upstream, right? To really not just understand the business problem, 
but to really have the empathy of where that business partner is coming from, mm -hmm. to really see it not from a lens of, oh, I'm trying to sell you something, but mm -hmm. really, can I really try and understand and solve this for you? Yeah. Really thinking at the lens of one team. So, for example, <clears throat> like when I was at AGL Resources, which is now owned by a Southern company, um, I was working on a study with industrial customers, and I was using that data, and I thought, well, why don't I actually go to the industrial customers? Like, these are plants that are using a lot of natural gas, you know, and I got to see, like, glass getting melted, which is really cool, by the way. You should do it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that the kind of stuff you're talking about, is really just getting in the shoes of the, the, the context or the customer that you're dealing with? Yeah, I mean, it, it can be both through the lens of going to your external customer and sitting with them and being, you know, hearing the conversation at the coffee maker of what's going on, mm -hmm. just getting the vibe. I mean, it's almost the basics of consulting, mm -hmm. right? Really kind of getting that sense of what's going on. Some of the solutions could be, for instance, in our MRM team, we figured out how to... Uh, MRM, that's the model risk model management. Model risk management, Thank sorry. No, uh, no. And we figured out how to automate um, the documentation that's mm -hmm. required. Now, from an analytics perspective, on the sexy scale, that is very unsexy. But for a business, for a bank who has to go through that model risk management themselves, mm -hmm. that saves them hundreds of hours, hugely valuable. Um, and so that's just that's just a minor example of something that you would not necessarily have seen coming at it from just a pure modeling perspective. Ah, gotcha. It could also work internally within the company. So um, different analytic teams could be at different points on the... Uh, on the modeling uh, value chain, if you like. Mm -hmm. uh, anything from a strategy to innovation to creating platforms, using them, model risk management, and really having an empathy for what's going on with the modelers to understand what they're dealing with actually influences then what occurs downstream. Mm -hmm. It forces, then people's eyes start opening and then they start collaborating instead of this over the wall mentality, yeah. one after the other. And so, Little things like that start happening, which then snowball and turn into uh, a more collaborative organization. Mm -hmm. But it comes from that spot of you really have a feeling for what the rest of the team are going through. Got it. And then uh, the third piece that I'd like to unpack before we talk about sort of the, the dance and the responsibility between the business and the analytics teams, because right now I'm hearing it's all on us, right? It's all on the data scientists, but I'm sure there's some sort of give and take. But that third piece about communicating in a way I'm sure that um, intertwines a bit with the empathy. So unpack that for us a little bit. What do we What do we mean by that? Why can't we just communicate the facts? <laughs> yeah, if only. Um, well, I think it goes down to um, the analytics uh, area is by its nature very technical. So if you were to open up a marketing partner and you start talking about Python or Spark or some other model, their eyes are going to glaze over very fast. And so um, I, use, I, I constantly get teased by my teams that uh, a lot of times I'll talk in terms of analogies. And uh, it just seems a lot easier to convey difficult concepts in terms of an analogy because everybody can grasp with whatever, a kitchen or food is data and, uh, or data is food and the whole preparation of that and how is a kitchen really how you might combine data to make models. So that, I mean... I think finding the right language and putting it in a way that that person understands, it has a disproportionate value for the analytics team. I'd rather someone really get their point across and it was a simpler model mm -hmm. than someone spend a lot of time on a very complicated model and they didn't convey it. Got it. Okay. I see. 
And the net effect of being able to understand, empathize, and communicate away, like, how do you know when you've done what you should do? Like, how do you know you've succeeded in that? Yeah, so I think, again, it's it's just uh, maybe leading and lagging indicators, as we talk about. Um, if where we really want to get to is a vision of what's a really high-performing analytics team, well, that's really then one that's collaborating with its upstream customer, and they're they're really melding as one team, whatever analogy you want to use. Whether it's a, a Formula One Ferrari team in the pits, and the analytics team is like the brake team or the tire team, and they have to work with everybody else. Um, if they, if you just approached your job as just the tire team, you kind of miss the overall objective of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you look at what we're trying to get to as far as collaboration, if you're trying to involve analytics teams further upstream in the solutioning of a problem, mm-hmm. um, then the way you get there is to really help build the relationships with people upstream, have them trust you. You're really trying to figure out what goes on with their jobs. They're pulling you upstream, and the next thing you know, you're collaborating. So to break it down for an analyst to really say, well, how do we get there? Yeah, It really is building out, say, uh, an engagement map. Here are the critical people in the organization we need to go have the coffee with, go have the lunch with, go ask you about what's the day in, in, your, uh, in your life really like. And then they're going to reciprocate and ask really what's going on with you. I mean, it sounds so basic. And yet, especially in a large enterprise mm-hmm. or when you're dealing with a customer and you're trying to get to know them, everything rests on the relationships and the trust and knowing people. And I think analysts go right at it from the solution. Like, here is the problem I was working on. Yeah. And we totally miss that whole human interaction side. And at the end of the day, we're humans talking to each other. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I had, um, when I was teaching at Tech, I had students that would describe their project and I had this one student, she's she's brilliant, actually, and she works at a company here in Atlanta. She's doing great, and she's already been promoted, like, twice. And so she's she's a wonderful um, professional. Um, as she explained her project to me, there was no context at all. It was all about the diagnostics and how the model fit and what sort of techniques that they tried and how they analyzed it and what the results looked like and, you know, the goodness of fit and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So if a stranger had walked in, they would have had no idea what the project was about. In the same team with the same data on the same model, um, I asked a different student, and this other student happened to be an MBA. And it's the same question. How's the model going? You know, how's your project coming along? And he described the opposite. Everything about like, well, we talked to the client, and here's what they thought, and here's how it came out, and this is how I think the result's going to be useful. It sounds like you're saying that some of that second positioning around really understanding, um, and I like the term empathizing. That's a great one. Really empathizing. Like, I feel for you. I know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. I understand your your um, scenario, not just from an academic and from a textbook standpoint, but I truly get it. I get what you're trying to solve. That's sort of what you're deci- uh, describing, correct? Yeah, and, and again, I think this, you know, it's not just for analytics. I think analytics is probably new to the party. Sure. And they're trying to figure this out. It, it, but it's been there before in the technology ranks. Um, and I think it gets more, it, it's prevalent up and down the ranks of the analytics uh, function. So whether you are the line analyst building a model or you're the chief data analytics officer, it's the same format. And, you know, IBM wrote this white paper maybe four or five years ago talking about the uh, the T 
sort of shape of anybody that works in analytics, but particularly chief data analytics officers. Mm -hmm. And the T-shape being like to the left is business, to the right is technology, and in the middle, vertical, is, is very deep in analytics. But that notion that you're able to bridge, have one foot on the business and, and one foot on the more technical aspect, yeah. and deep in your domain, really means that the ability to bridge both ways means you can emphasize with all with all those teams and what they're doing and how to communicate with them. Yeah, awesome. Well, and that brings me to the other question I um, mentioned that I would come back to, which is the responsibility. So far, we've been sort of putting it all on us, on the data scientists, on the analytics professionals, but we've talked about the business, and then we sort of suggested IT is upstream a little bit. Where does how does this dance work? Like, who moves forward? Who moves back? Like, how do we sort of come together in this way? Yeah, it's a big dance um, with a lot of movement. I think sometimes uh, it is easier to react to a business problem or to be brought into a situation where, let's say how the dance might go is a business partner comes and says, hey, we have a certain situation and you get involved in that. Yeah. Um, if you have the trust of the business side, then you're brought upstream and you get involved in those conversations when a, uh, a revenue generation uh opportunity arises and you're brought in upstream and now you're brainstorming. Right? So that's how you know is if, if they start pulling you in, you're not just order taking and you're not waiting um, for them to come to you. They sort of pull you in as problems arise. That's right. And I, I think for me, the, the trigger signs are being pulled up sooner in the process, mm -hmm. being brought into more sensitive discussions, ones where uh, if you weren't able to communicate or smile at the right time right. Uh, with, a, with a customer that might send uh, things in the wrong direction, but being able to really add value yeah, and do it in a way that fits the mood of what is being discussed. Mm -hmm. So then you sort of have the trust, right? And so then it's it's more of a collaboration. And then, then there's always opportunities where the analytics team is discovering opportunities, right. right? They're seeing the value. They're seeing how to optimize something, and they're bringing that to the business. And, and again, the business isn't really going to trust that unless they trust you. Right. So it's that trust that is sort of manifest by the proactive movement, like the conversations that didn't have to happen, but they did. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the issue of trust in analytics, we used to talk about how to, uh, you know, release data across an enterprise and, and democratize it. And, uh, you know, the reality of that is the analytics team a lot of times has access to information that most people in the company don't see it all in one place. Mm -hmm. And so implicit in that is when you start to find things and you start to come out with recommendations, you have to have the trust of people and you can't burn the trust that you have from people. So I, I talk to my teams about how we do the job actually becomes more and more important around than just the what. Uh -huh. So the, the pre-meetings, the Here's some findings. How would you feel if blank, you know, and then let's have some more discussions to bring other people in. The the change management required in order to implement some finding from analytics. Yeah. Even though the analytics itself is getting more and more complicated, mm -hmm. I still think that aspect of it is even more complicated because you really have to be mindful and aware of the organizational dynamics, mm -hmm. the relationships, the big game of chess that has to be played. Yeah especially, again, in large organizations or, or with customers, so that anything that you come out with is actually uh, taken in the right way and that you just don't get rejected somewhere along the line. Yeah, it totally makes sense. 
And uh, lastly, um, th- it sounds like some of this might tie into the alignment of analytics teams. And, and we could probably have a whole other podcast session on that. But um, does this play in? Because if, if you really need to in- empathize and intimately really know what's going on with your um, consumers of your analytics solutions, it would seem like you would want, you know, say um, this person is in charge of this sort of customer or this division or this sort of business problems so that they could get more um, depth in those areas. Is is that, does this tie into organizational structures in any way or uh, what, what would you say? Yeah, definitely. In fact, you know, it's, it's still Q1, so we're still having these conversations around new goals and, and how we interact. And, and one of our groups, we're having that exact conversation around not necessarily changing what they do, but how they do it mm-hmm. and hardwiring those uh, those goals, if you like, of how they go about it into how they approach their work to really sort of help them with that change. Um, and it gets into the organization, right? Organizational dynamics. Uh, when you start introducing extra goals, you really have to kind of st- take a step back and go, is how we're approaching this work really in the right way? Mm-hmm. You know, who's accountable for it? How's that, how's that actually going to get done? And and how, more importantly, are we going to focus on it? Got it. Very cool. Um, what final piece of advice would you offer an analytics professional really trying to produce more successful final miles with their analytics solutions? If you could give one little negative advice. Yeah, I would say really having the empathy yep. for the customer of who you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Is golden, and and you know that applies across the board, right? It's not just business; it can be personal, sure, whatever. But I think it's even more critical in the analytics arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you almost become almost a counselor yeah, sometimes yeah. In, into the business. Is it safe to house. say really get into it, like get into the world? Get into well, I mean, get into the world, yes, but really understand where they're coming from uh, and and sort of walk a mile in their shoes. Got it. Very cool. Thank you again to Dr. Colin Coleman from Equifax for talking about the final mile in analytics. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education. I'm Dr. Beverly Wright. Have a great data set.